O Lord our God, you have chosen to make yourself known through your creation, your word, your son, and your spirit. Now reveal your glory to us and through us, the church. Speak to us, form us, lead us, dwell in us, and teach us today how to love as Jesus loves, to welcome the stranger, heal the sick, and care for the poor, to bear good news, build bridges, and bring your people home. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. May your perfect will prevail in us this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We are continuing uh, our sermon series, which is called uh, With. Let me pull up my correct notes here. Um, and so if you are joining us for the first time, uh, I want to say welcome, glad to have you here. My name is Albert, and I am the lead pastor of Trinity Church. We just got here from the other campus uh, this morning. And uh, let me catch you up on where we're at. Now, at the core of our faith is the belief that Jesus came not to help us get to heaven, uh, but to help us get to God. We were made for God's pleasure, we were made to know Him and to love Him and uh, to serve Him and to be loved by him. We were made for relationship. We're made for each other. Now, the problem is that we live in a very broken world. So, along with goodness, we have evil. And along with joy, we have pain. And along with love, we have hate. So here's what happens. In order to mitigate our fears... In uh, a dangerous world, we try to control our, our environment. And we do it by acquiring wealth. That gives us a sense of security and, and control. We do it by trying to get a good education or a better job or by living in the right neighborhood or, or uh, marrying the right person or supporting the right leader. And this desire to control our environment is actually what is behind uh, religion. Uh, religion, the religions of the world uh, don't necessarily lead to the same place, uh, but rather they all start from the same place. The religions of the world have started from the same place, which is our need to uh, mitigate our fears. Uh, and so religion is our attempt, and we, we covered this in one of the earlier sermons, religion is our attempt to control God control God himself. We do this in one of four ways. There are people who live under God, and they see God as an authority figure, and uh, if, they, uh, if we obey God's commands, if we worship a certain way, if we avoid certain behaviors, then we will receive blessings and we will avoid punishment. There are some people who live over God. Uh, they see God as, a, as an advisor, and they look to God for practical wisdom or principles to apply to their lives, but they're still in the driver's seat. There are people who are fixated on what they can get from God. God is like a divine vending machine or a butler, a therapist, and God's primary purpose is to make them happy and uh, prosperous, healthy and wealthy. Um, some people claim to live for God, and they are captivated by this idea of living for a higher purpose, a mission, uh, and what they often, some people are really doing is addressing their own need for significance. Uh, and so the mission becomes more important than God. 
And so religion becomes a way of manipulating God for our own ends. And so that's the, the, the first premise is that, uh, uh, that, um, that Jesus came to help us get to God, not to get to heaven. The second one is that we are not made for religion. We are made for relationship. And that Jesus actually came to tear down religion as the means to God and replace it with himself. So many of us have bought into one of these four postures, either uh, under God or over God or from God or for God. And the premise of this series is that God's ultimate desire is that we do life with God, with him. Uh, And so this series has been a call for us to reimagine the way that we relate to God. Now, um, it is often the case, we have discovered, that whatever God is trying to say to us, um, to teach us, he doesn't only speak through his word. Uh, but he also then leads us through a season uh, in which we experience what he's trying to teach us in real life, together. In other words, we can't just hear about it. We have to live it because head knowledge has to become heart knowledge, and that can only be acquired through experience. So, for example, when Trinity started outgrowing this campus uh, here in Monterey Park, God began speaking to us about becoming a river church. And so instead of being solely focused on how many people we could gather uh, here every Sunday, we started to think about how many people we could send into our communities to flow outwards from this place like a river. Uh, And how can we become bridge builders and peacemakers uh, as instruments of God's grace and love? And so instead instead of looking for a larger facility, we started thinking about maybe planting a church and sending people or acquiring a second campus and, 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 and sending people that way. And then the Lord brought us uh, to Hillside Community Church in Roland Heights. And we merged with them. They joined with us, and several of our people flowed over there. So what God was already telling us through his word, uh, through his spirit in our minds, now became something that we actually were living and now this has become part of who we are. And so we have some significant news to share with you today um, that we believe is an outflow of what God is trying to teach us, that he wants us to do life with him. And as God has done many times before, he is going to lead us through a season where we um, can experience that and know that in our hearts together. And so I'd like to ask uh, Wes, um, our board secretary, to come and share uh, this, uh, this news with us. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I, I am, um, there are so many of us. I love that. Um, so, as Albert had said, we've been talking about a, um, we've been talking about with, with is in motion, and he tied it back to a sermon he gave, uh, or a series that they did uh, a year ago on uh, a river church, and um, in that sermon, he challenged each of us to think about where we fit into the river, and he talked about it in terms of mission, 
and this is mission with, which is mission in motion. It's mission that's responsive to God. It's not a mission we've decided upon and we're fixed in and that's what we're going to do and we know the way to do it. We wait on the Lord. We listen to the Lord's leading and we make, we make choices in that mission that are based upon his leading. So through a series of um, uh, unexpected conversations and events that have taken place over just the last few weeks, the, our leadership has found that it is apparent that the Lord is sending Albert and Christine. We were surprised. And I know it will be a surprise to you guys. And it was difficult to come to that conclusion. But we prayed and we have uh, sought his affirmation and we are in agreement that he has set them apart for a particular purpose. And uh, Albert and Christine are going to explain kind of the steps that uh, brought about that um, on their side. But I want to uh, begin, uh, and then I'll come back and I'll say a little bit more, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I'll give a little bit more color as far as what that's looked like on the, on the leadership side and, and on the board and um, how we have come to this. This is not immediate. That's important to remember, and I should have said that. This is within the next two years. The other thing I think is important to remember, and this goes right along with the with, is that our God, this is a thing that we, we quote this from C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to get the quote wrong, but he talks in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he, talks, uh, he has the kids talk about, uh, or someone in Narnia talks about Asland, the lion, he says, um, uh, and someone says, oh, he's good, he's good, but he's not safe. Something like that, right? And I love that, that's why we quote it all the time, because that is our God. Our God is good, but he's not safe in what he calls us to do. You read Acts, you see what he, what he took Paul through? When you're on mission and you're with him, he takes you through trauma. But the way that we respond to that difficulty in faith is how he turns brokenness into new life. It's how he works. It's the story of the cross. And so this is going to be a hard truth. And it's going to be a challenge for us as a congregation, as a family. But it is his way of working. And our response to this will grow us. And our response to this will bring us closer to him, to being with him. So I'll turn it over to Albert and Christine to share, and then I'll, well, I'll come back. We can talk a bit more. With us today, um, uh, my apologies. We're talking about something that is, has to do with kind of our, our church life, and, and uh, thank you for your patience as we, as we explain some of these things. So uh, less than five weeks ago, on April 18th, uh, I received a call early in the morning from our uh, denominational headquarters in Kansas City uh, from Bob Broadbrooks, who is our, um, the director of our USA-Canada region. The, the Church of the Nazarene is split into six worldwide regions, one of them being the USA-Canada region. And uh, Dr. Broadbrooks said that... Um, one of his responsibilities as the director of, is to help uh, 
our districts, we have 79 of them in the USA-Canada region, uh, to find new district superintendents when they are in transition. And he said the NorCal district, uh, which is the, up in the Bay Area, covers about 75 churches in the Bay Area, uh, would like to call you to be their next district superintendent and oversee the 70-plus churches. Uh, and he said, we have been praying about you for six months. And we started with 43 candidates, and then we went to 20 candidates, and then we went to 12 candidates, and we narrowed it down to you. And we feel that the Lord uh, is intense for you to lead us. And uh, we are having a district assembly in three weeks, and all of our delegates are coming to vote on this issue. And we would like to know, will you allow your name to go forward for a vote in three weeks? <laughs> and I mean, I was floored. I had no idea that any of this was going on. Um, we were two weeks out from closing escrow in a new home in Roland Heights. We are a year into this merger with um, you know, Hillside. And the timing was just wrong. <laughs> And said, Lord, this, do, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so my, my answer was no. I said, I, we can't, sorry, but this is a wonderful opportunity, and it sounds exciting, but we just can't. You know? And they said, well, would you at least be willing to have a conversation? And I said, well, of course I'd be willing to have a conversation, because uh, if this is of the Lord, I, I just don't want to say no right off the bat, um, I do need to listen. I do need to investigate. And so, yes, I'd be willing to talk. Um, and so they said, well, that's, that's great. Thank you for your openness. That evening, we had a board meeting. We just had one regularly scheduled. And I went to the board. And I said, uh, this is what's happening. Um, they've asked me to go and at least talk to them. And I don't want to um, do anything behind the church's back. I'm a very transparent person. I, I don't like to, to you know, do things that way. So I just said, I'm going. just want you to know um, to talk. And they said, okay. Eight days later on April 26th, uh, with the full knowledge of our church board, Christine and I flew to the Bay Area to meet with the NorCal District Advisory Committee. Um, and they began to describe the call, the challenge. There are uh, 79 districts in the USA-Canada region. Northern California is, I would say, the most challenging out of all of those uh, districts. There are 94 congregations meeting in a little over 70 churches. It's an incredibly diverse area. There are 17 different languages spoken in our various Nazarene churches up north. Not a single congregation is over 200 people. The average worship attendance on Sundays in their churches is only 44 people. That's including adults and children. Um, many churches are stuck. Uh, most of them are in decline. 93% of the population in the urban areas in Northern California is considered unchurched. It's, it's not a place where there are a lot of Christians or where people are even interested uh, in, in religion or faith. And so without my knowledge, the search committee had been looking for months for a DS, and they narrowed it down to me. 
They're looking for someone who is cre a creative thinker, who has experience working in uh, multicultural contexts with young adults, and, and has a vision for sharing the gospel and developing um, effective churches in a very post-Christian context. And they felt that I met all of their criteria. Uh, and so we're listening to this need. At the same time, we have a lot, we have a lot of concerns, right? Um, and I want to allow Christine to come up and share it because she was in the meeting too, kind of how the Lord was speaking to us during that, that time. Well, um, there's been a number of times in my life where the Lord has spoken to us, spoken to me with such clarity and had given me a deep sense of discernment, and it usually comes with um, this an, a, a, a sort of a spiritual, physical manifestation within me. It's just that obvious. And for example, um, when the Lord was telling me to have a fourth child, and I was saying, "God, they already outnumber us." <laughs> I really, I, do, I don't think, you know, that I can do this. And through certain events um, and just this discernment that he gave me, it led us to have a fourth child. Um, and he's a blessing. And so when Albert first told me about this, um, before the, the actual interview, I was speaking with someone here and she was describing to me how she was leaving her present context to move on to another assignment and what the Lord was telling her. And I got that physical manifestation where the Lord was saying, Christine, pay attention, this is for you. And he, even before Albert and I, like Albert had said, no, we're not going to do this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's totally obvious. But when I was speaking to this friend, the Lord said to me, pay attention. And it, she had no idea why, but my eyes started watering. Because that was not the answer that I was expecting, right? And then Albert and I, we started discussing it. And he was saying, we can't do this. I mean, Eli just got accepted into um, this awesome school. We just bought a home. We just gave a big ask for Trinity Church to merge and to send some of our people over to Roland Heights. You know, and I just became campus pastor there, and I love, love what I do. There's certain projects that we have ongoing with dear friends of ours here in this congregation. And we know that the Lord is going to take Trinity somewhere amazing. And Albert and I, we're like, we want to be a part of this, you know? And so I kind of shut out what the Lord had revealed to me earlier. And so we went to this interview up north. And, um, and I was ready you know, to be in a room full of stuffy old people that are resistant to change and give all the confirmation that I needed that this was not the place for us. You know, that, that discernment that I had earlier was totally wrong. 
You know, and the interview almost did not happen. Our first flight got canceled. Our second flight got delayed. Our third flight got delayed. And we had to ask Pastor Johnny to take care of our kids overnight instead of just during the day. Uh, we were not going to go, but, you know, the, the, the DAC, the District Advisory Committee over in NorCal, said that people were driving in three, four hours away. And so we thought, okay, we should at least, let's just go. Let's just, you know, meet with them. And so during that interview, the Lord spoke to me again, and he made it ever so clear that he was indeed sending us. And all those concerns I had, without even asking the questions, they would knock down those reasons one by one. You know, the children, you know, making sure that Albert knew that he had his a priority is of being a father and a husband. You know, um, they said, you know, Christine, there's not many female pastoral leadership up north, and we need you here to help, you know, develop that because we cannot move forward to the next generation without putting in place more female leadership. And I felt the Lord saying, Christine, this is not just for Albert. He's preparing a place for you, too. And, um, and at the end of the interview, these grown, old men put their hands over us, and they prayed for us, and they started weeping as they were praying for us knowing just that confirmation of the spirit that the Lord was leading us there. They even said to us, you know, you don't even have to pray about it. We've already had that confirmation. So a couple weeks ago, a friend of ours, his mom passed away, and we went to a funeral. And um, we usually, when I go to a funeral, I sit near the back because Nathaniel or whoever kids, you know, that one of the kids are too young to really be able to handle sitting there for too long. But Mika, she said, no, I want to come up front for this funeral. I want to see what's going on. And I said, okay, let's sit up front. And Nathaniel, our three-year-old, he was a little bit, you know, fidgety, and, and he was kind of a little disruptive, and I was feeling, you know, like a little anxiety. And then two of my friends from Trinity you know, came up to the front and sat with me and took him, you know, made him distracted with something in her purse. And when he got bored, the next friend took over. And I looked over, and, and I was watching them. And I was thinking, I don't have that up north. You know, God, I don't have that up north. Like, Trinity is my family. It is the only family that our family has ever known. It's not a job, you know? It's like you guys are family, you know? And it is not a preference to go up. It is not to go to a better job, you know, a more exciting adventure. We are being sent, the Lord made that very obvious, against, you know, what I want to do, what is comfortable for me. And I'm saying, okay, yes, Lord, I will trust, I will obey, 
I will say yes to you. And my appeal to you The Lord is not just sending us. He is sending each of you too. You know, I told my mom about this, and she says, Christine, there's 75 churches up there that need you. And it was made so obvious that Albert has that skill set to minister to 75 churches. And if the Lord is sending you, the Lord is going to send someone here and make Trinity thrive even more so in our absence. So my appeal, as I was speaking of, the Lord is also sending you. The Lord is sending you to a deeper level of responsibility or leadership than where you are now. You know, that spiritual sense of family that I have here, not everybody does on this campus or even the other campus. You know, and certainly... The community beyond our walls, they don't have that sense of spiritual family. And this is what our church needs to be. So where is the Lord sending you? To what level of leadership is the Lord sending you to make Trinity a place where that spiritual family is felt by everyone beyond our walls? Albert and I, we know that Trinity will be in a good place. We have regret already that we don't get to share that with you. We have two years, and Albert and I are going to work our butt off, you know, just doing what we have to do. The board... I cannot even explain to you the last couple of board meetings, the new board, the Lord has placed that board for a time such as this. They are a really strong board. Wes stepping up as board secretary, he is so perfectly suited for a time such as this. You know, I just just can't explain to you to the, to the extent that the Lord has shown me personally that the Lord is bringing high-capacity leaders to our church for such a time as this. I'll pass it on to Albert. So um, a couple of things were, were said that need to be explained a little bit. Um, God spoke to Christine in a certain way. God spoke to the Northern California District Advisory Board in a certain way. God spoke to our general superintendents in a certain way. God spoke to me in a certain way. Um, because I wasn't sure what to do. And uh, I decided to set out a fleece before the Lord. If you're not familiar with that phrase, setting out a fleece is something that comes from the story of Gideon, a leader in, uh, the, in Israel in the Old Testament, Uh, And in Judges chapter 6, God tells Gideon to gather the Israelite troops to defeat the Midianites who were invading uh, their land. And Gideon wanted to be really sure that it was God's voice uh, that he was hearing, that he understood his directions. So Gideon asks God for a sign to uh, prove that it's truly (coughs) his will. 
And so he puts out a piece of wool overnight. And he asks God, God, make the wool wet by the morning, but keep the ground around it dry. And uh, then uh, I'll know. And so in the morning, uh, the fleece is, is wet. And he wrings it out enough to produce a full bowl of water, and the ground around it is dry. But Gideon's faith is weak. So he says, Lord, I need, I need you to do another sign. But this time I want you to turn it around. I want you to keep the fleece dry and make the ground wet the next night. God says, okay. And then he does what he asks. And then Gideon says, okay, now I know that, uh, Lord, this is you and that we will be victorious. And uh, because this was a, a decision that would have a significant impact on Trinity and our own family, I wanted to be absolutely certain that God was calling us um, to because, to be honest, we'd rather stay. We really would. Uh, but we are committed, and I want you to know this. We are committed to following Jesus no matter what. And if we are not willing to do that, how could I ever ask any of you to do that, right? Um, so I said, Lord, if you want us to go, then you have to make it clear to me, not in one, not in two, but in three ways, because I guess my faith is weaker than Gideon's. Um, and I said, Lord, I need three things. I need to see three things. Number one, we can't go now, because according to our manual, uh, a DS is supposed to take over 30 days after the vote, which just happened. I said, how can I possibly uproot my family and leave in 30 days when we just moved into a new house and we're in the middle of this merger and all of these things? I said, Lord, I can't go now. And so at the end of the interview, um, when we went out, we said, they said, so what do you think? And I said, this, I understand the need. And I understand how my gifts match what you're looking for. We can't go. We can't go now. You know? And I said, if you, if you ask us in like, you know, a few years, maybe then you know, things might be different. Things will stabilize here. Maybe we would be free at that point. And they said, well, how much time do you need? And I said, two years. You know, that, that was just the number that God put in my heart, just two years. And I said, well, we've never done this before. Um, the GS was on the phone, general superintendent. He said, we've never done this before. But they said, we'll wait for you. Um, if you agree to come, we'll wait for you. And we'll figure out a way that you can um, kind of do some of your responsibilities from afar, and we'll figure out a team up here, and we'll, we'll wait for you. Um, because I said, I... I must honor our church family. Can't leave now. They said, we'll give you two years. That was the first thing I said. Lord, if you're sending us, you can't send us now. And the Lord answered that. The second thing was, I said, Lord, uh, Lord, if you're sending us, it can't be my decision. Because I, I want to safeguard my heart against anything that would not, my, any impure motives or anything like that. So I said, Lord, if you want us to go, then you have to make it clear through our church board and they have to agree that they're sending us, and I will abide by their decision. And so we met with the board for two and a half hours, talked about the opportunity. At the end of that, the board was in agreement. We feel the Lord is sending you. Now, if the board had said, we don't feel this is from God, we, you should stay, we would have stayed. But they said, we feel that this is of the Lord. We're going to miss you. Um, but they need you up there and we're going to send you. We said that was number two. The third thing was that when the vote happened, which happened this past Friday, that it would pass by at least uh, 
because I wanted to be sure that there was strong support up there. If they didn't really want me up there, then, then I didn't think that would, that would be a good thing. Um, and the vote passed by 93% on the first go around, which I'm told is very rare. And so that was the third thing. Um, and so God answered, spoke to me in three very clear ways, we're sending you. And I just want to say that, that this is the mission. This is the call to all Christians to share the good news of Christ, to call people into God's family and to make disciples of, of all nations and to join God in the renewal of all things. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, go, go into all nations, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything I've commanded you. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You're going to be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, to all the ends of the earth. Mark 16.15, Jesus says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Romans 10, how everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? Psalm 96.3, declare his glory to all nations his marvelous deeds among all peoples. This is the call, is to join in what God is doing, no matter where that is, no matter what the context, no matter where he sends us. And then James 1, James is very clear. He says, don't just listen to the word, word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And so we've been reading this, we've been reading this, we know this, we understand this. And we've been praying. Don't we pray every single week? God, use us. Send us. We are your servants. We want to see people come to know you. We want, we want to see your, your kingdom advanced. We want to see lives changed. Use us. Send us. And every single week we pray that. And I think God believes we are sincere in that. And so God says, okay. Yes. God says, yes, yes, I will send you. Yes, I will use you. It's just not in the way that we expected. And so God has said yes to us, and we feel we must say yes to him. So this is not a disruption to the path that we've been on. This, this is just the next step. Eric Schmidt, the executive chairman of Google, uh, made a commencement speech to graduates at Stanford University in 2012, and he said this, find a way to say yes to things. Say yes to invitations to a new country. Say yes to meet new friends. Say yes to learn something new. Yes is how you get your first job how, and your next job. Yes is how you get your spouse and even your kids. Even if it's a bit edgy, a bit out of your comfort zone, saying yes means that you will do something new, meet someone new, and make a difference. Yes lets you stand out in a crowd, be the optimist, see the glass full, be the one that everyone comes to. Yes is what keeps all of us young. We have asked God to use us, and he has said yes, and now we must say yes to him. And my call to all of us is to say yes, 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 yes. When God calls you, say yes. 
So this is not only Christine and I call, answering to God's call to say yes. It's for all of you to say yes, Albert, Christine, we will send you. And you don't need to worry because we're all going to step up. And we believe that God will send us the right leader. And we are going to be okay. Not We're going to be better than okay. And everything, Albert, that you and Christine have been building, we will honor that. We will continue. We're going to continue that work. And it's going to be amazing. And I just want you to know that, that God has been preparing us for this. He's been expanding our team. He brought in John Fong, uh, our youth pastor, during a time when I was away on sabbatical and then made a way for him to stay. Our Mandarin pastors, we have two amazing new Mandarin pastors. Uh, Johnny led the church for a few months during the sabbatical. He rose in leadership. Now he's a campus pastor. Uh, we've been talking about being a river church, um, and then we have this multi-site thing that's going on. We have new leaders. A lot of you have only come since the merger, since we merged with Roland Eyes. You're new, and, uh, <coughs> and we prayed for you. We prayed that God would send you. We prayed, Lord, we're sending some of our leaders to the other campus. God, you've got to send some more, and he sent you. You are an answer to that prayer. So God has got this. He gave me three signs. Number one, that they would give us two years. Number two, that the board would send us. It wasn't going to be our decision. It would be the board's decision. Number three, that the, board, that the vote would pass by 90%. And here's the thing. After that third sign, within minutes, I got a phone call. I, first, I got a phone call from our general superintendent saying, congratulations, the vote passed by 93%. Hung up the phone. Within minutes, the phone rings again. This time, it's the credit union for the church. He said, we have some good news. He said, uh, you have a, a, we have a $650,000, give or take, uh, mortgage on our other property in Roland Heights. It was a credit union calling, and they said, we have some good news. We received a certified check today for the full amount of your loan. Uh, there have been some people, you must have some really good friends um, but they have paid off the loan in full, and your church is now officially debt-free. And when we shared that in Roland Heights this morning, there were tears. <laughs> that, that, that mortgage has been kind of a weight around the, the, the church for a long time. And that was, if I needed a fourth sign, that was it. <laughs> the Lord was just saying, don't you worry about this church. I have big plans for them. And I, we are sad, <laughs> genuinely sad, that we don't get to be a part of that going forward in the same way. But I will say this, um, Trinity is and always will be our home church. This is the church that formed us. Many of you knew when I, we just came in, it was my first year of seminary. I started out as a part-time worship pastor. and. Uh, didn't know anything. And then to uh, be able to grow with this church into working in youth and college ministry and then eventually as, as an associate and then as your lead pastor for the past nine years. I'm in my 10th year now as your, as your pastor. God has given us 13 years. So it'll always be our home church. And when we go up north, it'll continue to be our church. Uh, we believe that Trinity is sending us. And so when we're up there, 
we want to continue the work that we started here. Maybe we've even talked about the idea of planting a, a small church up there, a, a house church, just kind of starting with that, and it'll be like Trinity San Francisco or something, you know? And, and we will report back every few months. Uh, we're not that far away. We can come back and visit and give you in-person reports. This is what's happening. This is how the Lord is using us. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your partnership. Um, but God has given us 13 years here, and by his grace, he's giving us two more um, to be able to solidify the work that we are doing. So we have a lot to do, and it's going to be a really amazing time. So with that, I want to turn things back over to Wes, uh, who's going to offer a couple of remarks, and we'll have some time for some questions. So I wanted to share with you guys, because the board is a little bit, um, a little bit further ahead, just a little bit in dealing with this, obviously. Uh, we heard the news a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, so I'm going to tell you how it struck me. And I want to talk through that a little bit. I think that's important for us to do as a community. Um, Talene and I came to this church because of Albert, uh, because of his preaching. Um, we, we visited a time when uh, a visiting uh, preacher was here, and uh, we, we, we liked the community, but we didn't know about the teaching and whatnot. We, we, went, we were looking at that time when we moved to the area. Uh, but we decided we had to come back and, and just see what the, what the pastor actually uh, was like. And so we came and we sat, and, and when we left, uh, Talene said, well, I guess, I guess we've got to go to that church. <laughs> Um, because you know he's, he is a strong uh, preacher. And I was, uh, when, when Christine began preaching and when, when she became ministering in the ministry that she's done in leadership of the, for the women here, uh, before we um, uh, installed her at the other campus as campus pastor, was a, it was a great ministry to us. We were very um, enriched by it. And um, so it was with great pleasure that we were able to install her over there. And each time that we've done this, we now, I'm saying, Monterey Park, each time that we have done these things where we, we said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take on another campus, that was hard. Okay, we'll send Christine, she'll be over there primarily. That was really hard. Each of these things that we've done, we've, we've, we've thought it through. This is something that just occurred to me, given what Albert was saying about uh, the, the, um, the fact that the church is debt-free. We were in a solid financial place here on this campus at the time that we took on the Roland Heights campus. And we had concerns at that time. I hear music playing. It's like i got to get down. Is that what that is? <laughs> um, we had concerns at that time. This specific figure was raised. Well, that's 650000 or so dollars. That's a lot of money to take on. We were concerned about that. That was going to be an impediment. That was going to be a reason that we wouldn't go forward with the merger. It's gone by the grace of God because we stepped out in faith. So there's, there's a... I was listening to Albert's... Uh, it's not a speech. It's called a sermon. Albert's sermon from last year when he was talking about a river church. And it struck me I, after all, after we'd gone through and processed this, it struck me that what he said in that sermon was, I had the quote up, but I won't try to get I'm just going to do it at the top of my head. He said, if you've been doing the same thing, if you've been in that same role for 10 years, 
then maybe you should think about where the Lord might be sending you. And he just told you, he's in his 10th year as our lead pastor. The Spirit sometimes works that way. He has a sense of irony. He was speaking about him. And everything he told us in that sermon was about sending. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold tight. And he made a little allusion to, um, to a parable of Jesus from Matthew uh, about um, a guy that's got a lot. It's called the rich fool. And he's got a whole bunch of money. Well, he's got a whole bunch of uh, uh, grain he's harvested. And he's got only so many storehouses. And he needs to find a place to put the rest of it, is his view on it. He's got a surplus. So he says, ah, I'll build more storehouses, and I'll store it all in there, and then I'll have it all. And, the, and what does God say to him? He says, you fool. You fool. Tonight I'm taking your life. And what Jesus' point in this is you don't hold on to the treasure. You, you use the treasure. You put the treasure into the river and let it flow. This is a treasure. The hungs are a treasure. That's why we're weeping. That's why we're broken up about this. The idea that we would be sending them is a very, very difficult one to swallow. It was hard for us. Veronica, she sat on the board, she, she pointed this out. She had said in our board meeting, if I, if I can, uh, she had said, she and Debbie, we're talking about how did you come to terms with this? And we went around to, to, to talk through, to think through, how is the Spirit speaking to us? How did the Spirit speak to you? And the first two people to speak were Debbie from the other campus and Veronica from here. Um, and they both said, I'm not done processing this, if that's about right. This is hard. But, they went on to say, and Veronica pointed out, our church is looking like it hasn't looked for a long time. When we had our, our Cinco de Mayo love feast, that did not come from the hungs, right? That came because Joanne and several women, and Karen, and like I said when I was talking about that then, and Fred... People said, hey, let's do this thing. And the Spirit spoke over here and spoke over there in the congregation, among the congregants, and put together something that I thought was phenomenal for our family. That's what our opportunity is now as God takes us and says, please send them. So something that Rick pointed out, who's a, who's a congregant from, uh, from over there and is on the board, he pointed out this is an opportunity for us to step out in obedience and say yes. And when we step out in obedience, God honors that. When we took on $650,000 of debt, God paid it off. When we send them to NorCal, we know that NorCal will benefit. Do we not? They have been a tremendous, tremendous benefit to us. We have been ministered to them for these many years. And this is our opportunity to send them. We're sending them so that they can minister in NorCal. And as somebody, I can't remember who it was at the board meeting who pointed it out, but somebody pointed out, that's going to come back to us. When the fire catches in NorCal, it's going to come down into SoCal. That's how water works. If this is a river, it's not the river of our little church. Our church isn't the river church his church, the global church. That's the river church. When you step into the river, you get taken. And you go with the flow of the Spirit. And when you go with the flow of the Spirit, you go with God. 
So when I was talking about the love feast last time I was up here, I was talking about how, I, I, I said this, and I'm not sure if I made it clear what I was saying, but when you sit with your family, with your Christian family, when you sit beside somebody and share in love, you who you are with them and them with you, that is how you get to know God. Because in that moment of relationship and relational love, you see God's face. That's what John tells us in 1 John. That is what Christ tells us when he says that loving one another and, and, and loving the Lord your God is really the same commandment. It's the same thing with following and obeying. When you say to yourself, how will I develop a greater relationship? How do I do this thing that Albert's been talking about and Johnny and Christine with? This is how. By answering the call. It's traumatic. It's going to be hard. We have a few things that we have to do. And I've got them on my thing here. All right. This is what we get to do. We have to define who we are as a church and set some goals. And we know, we know, but we need to make that clear. Because when we go out looking for a pastor, we've got to be able to tell that pastor, this is, this is what you're stepping into. We've got to launch the search for the new pastor. And we've got to ensure that we've got the right people on the bus, or so this thing says in front of me. What does that mean? That means we've got to make sure that we've got the right people here stepping up and getting involved. The, 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 the day after Albert talked to um, us about this at the board, or told me, actually, on the phone, I guess. I wasn't at that meeting. Um, I was out of town. The day afterward, I, um, what I heard from the Spirit was this. There is no better time than now. Because my first reaction was, this doesn't make any sense. And that's what a lot of the folks on the board said. That's what Albert said. This doesn't make sense right now. We just did a, a, a combining of two campuses. That is very difficult. When you lose a pastor, you have a high probability of losing people from the congregation. So we're going to, we're, we're, this is not a good time for this, Lord. Says I to Lord. <laughs> the, the Lord knows what's a good time. And that is what he told me the next day. Because what I heard was this. There is no better time than now. We've got two campuses, and they are two different churches, or they were. What do you do when you get a new pastor? You define who you are as a church. You set goals for who you are as a church. And the hungs can't do that for us. We do that. How much better is it when we do that? Because then we're going to do it with the people over at Roland Heights who are going to do it, and we will truly be one church. We had a bridge. We had great pastors, and they were ministering to both sides. Now we're one, because we're going to be, because we've got to be. So the Lord did this in his time for a reason, for a purpose. And we, our call is not to fight that, but our call is to fight for us. Right? Our call is to fight for his kingdom. Our call is to put forward the mission. And so the one last thing that I had to say before I'll turn it back, you can do your, your, your sermon for like two minutes. Sorry. The one last thing that I had to say about this was this. And this also came out of our board meeting. Because there are two more things. So I'm also going to introduce our board people. You all know us, but... But our board is here to answer your questions. Our board is here to, to, to help you process through this. Talk to us and talk to one another. That's one thing I have to say 
So I'm looking at Veronica who's sitting here and Joanne who's sitting over there. Are there other board members who are here right now today? Okay, but um, you, you, they'll come back through. You have their contact. You can contact us. Feel free to do so. We encourage you to do so. We can talk about this. The other thing I was going to say is this. When the board had uh, affirmation on his call on the Huns, we realized it's also an affirmation of his call on us. And that's a really, really exciting good thing. If he has so strong a vision for how he's going to move his church that he would go contrary to what seems to us as good sense and take these talented um, uh, you know, uh, ministers and remove them from us to go up there, then that means he's got great faith and confidence in us. And that means he's got a specific call for you, each of you, in this. He does. He did not just call them out. He is, he is calling us up. He is calling us into this. So if you have been sitting and you have been looking for, what do I do? Talk to me. Talk to the board. We've got things for you to do. If you've been sitting and you're thinking, if without them, well, what part do I have? You've got an even greater part without them. Because we have to stay here. And we have to interact with each other. And we have to be the family that we are. It cannot depend upon them. Church is a body. It is not a person standing before a congregation and preaching. Those, those were my two things. I love you guys. We love you very much. We love them. And that's being with God. And that's knowing God. Um, I am going to open it up to questions and answers, or am I going to turn it over? So we did have a period. Uh, if you guys have got questions, if you have comments, if you want to be heard, Angela. So like um, about a year and a half after I came to Trinity, I had this conviction that God had something really great for the Hungs and that he was going to send them away to somewhere great eventually. And I remember I joked with Albert about him being SoCal district superintendent. Of course, he made a very humble response. Um, and I had no idea that uh, it was coming so soon. And I had no idea that it was going to be NorCal instead of SoCal. Um, but before you guys made your announcement, like I had a feeling like it's here, you know, this is it. But I mean, that's just a comment that I'm sharing my, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm sad, um, like really sad, but I'm happy for the Lord's kingdom because that's the ultimate perspective. Um, and I know that you guys will do great because um, I see the fit. My question is, why can't Johnny assume Albert's role? So the, uh, the board is going to be going through, um, there, we're going to take the what to do next in steps. Um, and the first step is a step for assessing our, who we are as the church. And we're, we will be reporting this stuff to the, to the church. We are involving the congregation. You'll be with us every step along the way. We do not want to immediately um, make decisions about the, how we will restaff with the pastors. And we do have the time to make these decisions. 
because the Huns are not leaving us now. They will be with us up to two years. Um, we've got that room for discussion. So we've talked to each of the people on staff and, and gauged where they're at. And it's, and it's going to be the decision for what we will do next will be, in, uh, will be we won't make it immediately. We don't have to, and we don't think that's the wisest approach. Thank you for your comment and question. Once, and if we do come to a decision of a new pastor, um, will, this, will the final decisions be just up to the board, or is the congregation going to be able to vote on it also? Yeah, that's a good question as well. I can speak to that, Albert, but if you... Oh, um, so the, the search process itself will be a process that we will engage in uh, as the board. And we will, um, we will seek a candidate based upon what we as a congregation are, are, are thinking about. So as a congregation, we will, be, we will be setting the vision. As the board, we will be conducting the search. When we have a candidate to present, we will present the candidate to the congregation. So this is not a decision that is made by the board. It is a congregation-wide decision. Um, but the process as that, that we go through is not something that we will, as we're interviewing and that kind of thing, we, we, will be, um, we will be explaining to the congregation what's going on and keeping people involved. But we won't, they, they will be, the board will be doing the actual searching and actual um, logistical stuff. Does that answer the question? Yeah. But no, this, I mean, to go back to it, I mean, that's a great question. When I'm saying that we together are doing this, I really do mean that. That's our process is intended to reflect that, and the Nazarene, um, the, the way the Nazarene does does things, that's intended to reflect that as well. Yeah. Are we looking for a pastor and a campus pastor? Because that's what we're using now. So there's complexity, right, in the fact that we've expanded in the last year. So how does that impact the situation? Yeah, so Abner asks if you, if you, for those of you back there, he points out that we right now are structured so we've got a campus pastor on this campus and a campus pastor at Roland Heights, and we have one lead pastor, Albert, who um, is, is overseeing both. We, when we lose the Huns, will be losing both the campus pastor, Roland Heights, and our lead pastor. How are we going to structure our pastorship going forward? We have some flexibility with that. So I'm not just meaning to punt on all of the questions, but I do think that it's important that we think through, discuss that, and um, come to a decision based not just upon um, what we would project would be a good idea, but also upon what resources we have, taking stock of what people who are on, on hand right now would want um, to do, I mean, what the spirit is ultimately guiding us to do. Uh, and what makes sense for us given where we want to be as a church and how we want to be interacting together. So we could keep the same structure. We could alter the structure. If you have thoughts and ideas about how we might do that, uh, we, we really are open to hear from everybody. Those are, those, that is definitely something that occurred to the, has occurred to the board. We've gotten through about this much of our processing here. We wanted to pray and make sure that it was the right decision to send the Huns. And we decided we'd step out in faith based upon that, that God will provide the specifics as far as how we will um, uh, reconstitute our pastorship and our leadership after the Huns have departed, or as the Huns are in the process of transitioning, as the case may be. 
Yes, please. Albert's going to tag on, and then we got. Are you saying? Right. Christine's role and Albert's role. Yes. Well, Johnny is still here. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me just explain a couple of things. Um, one is, yes, Abner, there's, there are possibility for restructuring. Uh, a couple of ideas that we toyed with, and um, we're not married to any of these particular structures. But we could retain the existing one, lead pastor, two campus pastors. It could be uh, two co-lead pastors and an executive pastor. Um, who would help deal with that. It could be a lead pastor, a teaching pastor, and a family life director. You know, so there's lots of different ways that we can structure this, uh, but we do believe that, that, uh, that, that we should not prematurely uh, jump into that. We have time to do this, and it could actually end up being way, a much better structure, who knows? Um, I, one thing I'm very confident in is that Trinity is gonna be awesome. I, and I please don't think that we're leaving Trinity for something better. Because this is an awesome place to be. It's not something great. We're already in a great place. Trinity is a great church. If I could pastor, there, let me just say, if this was a pastorate position, if somebody was asking me to pastor another church somewhere else, there's no church on earth that I'd rather be at. This is the place, right? Um, this is a different type of assignment. And we feel that, that the Lord is, is moving us there. He's affirmed that in multiple ways. Going forward, one thing I did not mention is I am going to be playing a dual role for the next couple of years. I will have some responsibilities in Northern California. We're going to try to set up video conferencing so I can do work remotely. But about 10% of my time will be devoted to the NorCal district. I will occasionally be traveling up there for meetings and so on. Um, and so the week-to-week, day-to-day kinds of things, we really are putting in the hands of our staff and our board and, of course, you as leaders. Um, Christine, uh, the, the board just voted to move her to full-time status on our Roland Heights campus to provide some stronger leadership there. Uh, now that the uh, mortgage has been paid off, we actually have some funds to work with. So we were able to do that. It was really tough for her to do what she was doing on just 20 hours a week. Um, and so, so that, that will be helping uh, a lot. And I also want to mention that, you know, what is some, one thing that you can do now during this time to start preparing? Uh, we have we had three babies in our church born this year so far. We got six more coming down uh, the, the pipeline, so to speak, before the end of the year. Six women in our church are expecting right now, and it is super exciting. Did you announce? Um, yes, awesome. I'm so happy for Brian and Jennifer, um, and they were create, very creative way. Did you show the picture? Yes. So uh, it was a very creative way that you did that. But we say that we love young families. We say we want to support them. But it is difficult for us to get people to serve in children's ministry and the, uh, the, the nursery. So, so there's a disconnect here, right? If we say that we're about young families, we need, we need people to step up. And for that, that to be in rotation. So if you could say, I can serve in the nursery once a month. We, please come talk to us because we could really use that. Or if you say, I'm willing every year to take a three-month period and help with the children's ministry, one, one quarter a year. If a lot of us are working in that, and, and we all are trained in how to do that, I think we can, we can work on that together. The number one area where we need help right now is kids, kids um, and uh, the, uh, the, the nursery, closely followed by worship team 
and first impressions teams. Those are the three big areas where we really need a lot of help, okay? So if you've been kind of sitting on the sidelines, now's the time when we need to call you off the bench. And we, we need everybody at this point, okay? So um, I know you had something, Liz. Uh, jo Johnny had asked a question um, that uh, I will uh, articulate, uh, which was, we've said two years, if we were to find pastors before that time, would the Huns leave early? So we did discuss that on the board. Uh, and we have two years, we have them for two years. But um, what we decided was for a, for a year, there will not be a change other than this 10%. Uh, they will continue in their roles as they have been. After that, for that secondary year, we do have some flexibility about when we will release them to NorCal. But that is dependent upon how things are in our church. So it really is a matter of us prayerfully considering whether we are at a period, or sorry, whether we are at a position, or at a place, with our pastorship and our leadership, that it is best at that time for us to release them to NorCal entirely. But um, that's not... Uh, that's not something that we can gauge right now. And really that's done for the benefit of the church. Um, and it's something that NorCal has been willing to uh, uh, allow that degree of flexibility so that our transition is smooth, as smooth as can be. But it, uh, that's the extent as well of what we can say. But definitely for, for a year, they're, they're in their same roles. And after that, it's, it's, it's a matter of what is good for the church. Liz, did you want to say something? Just knowing what we know now. And, and how, uh, what are the plans for us in the next two years in the future? Also for, for them as well, uh, will Christine have a role in the Nazarene Church up north? I am seven classes away from being fully ordained and I have to be in assignment in order to be ordained and I mentioned that at my interview up north and, um, and right away, like, a couple people jumped up and said, you can work at my church, you know? <laughs> Albert and I are discussing that possibility. Um, I wouldn't mind taking some time off to finish my master's, my MDiv. Uh, so I might be uh, upping my courses per term during that time. And, and, I mean, Albert and I, we partner in everything that we do. Right? And so already I'm thinking about ideas of how I can serve the district as I served here at Trinity for, I don't know, over a decade without receiving anything. And, um, and so that's where I'm at right now. I think the Lord will reveal that as time goes on. Thanks for the question. Yeah, it just occurred to me because we've asked about you guys. How are your kids doing in the decision? So they're sad, right? I mean, the Eli came when he was a month old, and all the other kids were born and raised at Trinity Church. And we talked to them at great extent, and they sat at the Roland Heights Church this morning um, to hear how we were explaining it to the congregation and the response from the congregation. But when we talk to them individually, you know, they say, yes, we're sad. You know, it's really sad leaving our church family. It's sad leaving our best friends and the people that we grew up with 
But Mika said, but if the Lord is sending us, we're going to go, Mom. Thanks, Christine. Well, thank you. Um, thank you guys uh, for participating in, in, in questioning and commenting. When we discussed this as a board, each of us took a time to reflect vocally. And what came out of that uh, was very um, uh, powerful for me. Um, that's because the spirit speaks through us as a body. And as I'd said, I said this when I was um, reflecting on it to the board, but there's a the verse that says, um, your body is a temple. Uh, Yours is plural. And um, if you all grew up, like Talene and I did, in sort of, sort of Baptist sort of world, uh, then you heard that that meant that you shouldn't smoke cigarettes or have uh, premarital sex. Um, and uh, that, that was the point of that verse. The, the point of the verse is that you, your body, is the temple of the Lord. That we are the stones that build the temple that God dwells in. And that the spirit who is, is in each of us, indwelling each of us, is speaking to each of us. And his voice is made known in, co in corporate uh, conversation, corporate worship. So I appreciate that you guys each contributed uh, in reflecting, and I encourage you to continue to do so as you prayerfully reflect on what we are discussing and what we're, what, what we're going to do when we send them. It's an opportunity for us. Um, is, is, we should have someone pray. That's what you Abner? Lord, um, I know that for many of us uh, in the room, God, we're still kind of just caught off guard, kind of still dealing. Uh, some of us are mourning. Some of us are excited. Lord, all over the place. Uh, God, like I was praying uh, earlier uh, during the offering, God, you are seated on the throne. God, we, we, we affirm that, Lord. We, we say that, that you are seated on the throne. And God, I, I uh, think about uh, Albert and Christine and all the gifts uh, that they have, uh, everything that they've meant uh, to Molly and I in our life, uh, Lord, and just the excitement, I think, that a lot of us have over what you're doing uh, at Trinity on both campuses. And Lord, that's the work that, that you're doing in them and, and through them. And, and Lord, uh, you, you hear our prayers, God. You're, you're a God uh, who loves to hear your people come together. And ask, Lord God. You say that, that if we ask, we will receive. And Lord, the, the, the type of prayers that we want to pray are, are the prayers that are in line with your will. And Lord, we know that it is, it is hard to let go of our brother and sister. And at the same time, uh, we know that you have something good for them, Lord God. Something that is, that is difficult. Something that is different. But I pray, Lord, a blessing over them, Lord God. That you would use them, Lord God, to bring uh, just revival to Northern California. God, that, that our hearts break, not just for this community, not just for Roland Heights, not just for Los Angeles, Lord, but the entire world. And for our brothers and sisters, even people who don't know you in Northern California. And would you use the hungs, Lord, and their family to reach more people, Lord God, to train, to educate, to preach, Lord God, to be different, to be an example, Lord, to empower God, in, in the same way that you have blessed us through them, would you bless Northern California? 
And Lord, the reason that it is difficult uh, to let them go, to think about them taking off in the next two years, is because we love them and we have been empowered by them. And we pray, Father God, that you uh, would send us somebody new. God, we, we, uh, we long uh, to be led by you, Lord. So we pray that, that you would send somebody who will pour into us, who will inspire us, who, who will uh, reflect the values that we have on this campus and in Roland Heights. And Lord, I think that, that Wes is, is right when he says, Lord, that we need uh, to come together as a church and figure out who we are so that when, when we're hiring new people, that when we're giving an invitation, God, that it would be uh, something that inspires them, Lord, wherever that person or persons may be. So would you begin preparing them now? God, it's not just preparation for us as a community. Yes, prepare us, Lord. Uh, for those of us that have been sitting down uh, uh, on the sidelines waiting uh, for opportunity to step up, now is the time, Lord. So would you inspire us to do that? Would you call us in, uh, to do that, Lord, wherever it is that we may serve over the next two years? But Lord, in that time, would you begin preparing the person or persons who are going to lead us? We pray for them, Lord. Would you give them wisdom, give them character. Lord, would they, would they be the type of people uh, that love you, that know you, that pray every single day, that hear your voice, and who could inspire other people to do the same. So we declare, Lord God Almighty, that you are seated on the throne. We love you. We worship you. Lord, we have at least two years, Lord, uh, to say goodbye to these guys. But in the meantime, would we rejoice in the time that we have with them, God? Would we think about ways that we just need to come together as a body and reflect your goodness, your wholeness, your truth in this community and the communities beyond? Will you transform us? Would you pour into us? And Lord, would you give us hope? Give us room to mourn. I think we need to do that. But Lord, would you give us hope? And would you give us excitement for the future of our church, Lord, for the future of your church, Lord? We know that you love this place. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.
Lord, that you are powerful, you have a vision for this world, that you are leading us somewhere. And then we pray songs like this, songs that call us to greater faith. These are not empty words. These are the longings, the, the cry of our hearts, God. And we know, we know, we know we're going to be okay. Because you are with us. And you're calling us to walk with you. You are ours and we are yours. We can walk on water. We can experience calm in the middle of a storm. We don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone. so God do it again grow our faith again test our faith again make us stronger again as you have done over and over and over and over and this time is no different God bind your people together now I ask you in the name of Christ bind your people together in holy love in unity God as one church one people United, we thank you, God. We thank you. You will answer that prayer. You prayed it yourself, Jesus. 
that we would be one as you are one with the Father. And we are. We declare that in faith. And all of God's people said, in one voice, they said, Amen. Amen. I love you. We love you. Now love one another. Thank you so much.